I'm John. And I'm Adam. And this is Backwash on Lines. A line, the shortest distance between any two points. We uh, first learned this. I don't know if children still do, but I first learned this through Connect the Dots. You you did Connect the Dots as a child? Oh, yeah. The game, like the game. The thing you do as a child, is it art? Is it a challenge? I don't know. I suppose. It seems Did you to ever me- try to visualize what the dots would connect into? To me, it always reminds me of like the South Park stars and just the ridiculous shapes they make. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, that's what it's supposed to be. And it's just a bunch of bullshit. That's what those always remind me of. Connect the dots, like, you know how coloring books for adults exist? Uh, not so much with uh, with connect the dots. That one doesn't hold your attention when past, you know, the age of what, six? But you think about connect the dots. What What is connect the dots? It's, it's constellations, right. right? Right. And I think of, um, what's the, the bear constellation? Um, there's, there are two bear constellations. Is it, is it the big dipper? Is the big dipper, is the big dipper a bear? See, the big dipper is also a bear because some people saw, uh, a ladle and some people saw a bear and you, you look at it and you, and you, and you think, how do you see How do you see a bear? Right. But. Well, I suppose <laughs> cavemen had uh, better imaginations than we do. They didn't have a whole lot else to look at, I suppose. So they had to really... That's what I'm saying. Like the South Park one always cracked me up because it'd be like four dots and then it just made this huge ass image of whatever the hell it was. And, and I think about um, they would use constellations to navigate. And what if you just like slightly misread a star how easy it would be to get lost. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be all over the place. Yeah. Like suddenly the bear, oh, the bear is supposed to be the crab. I don't know if there's a crab, but the bear is supposed to be the crab. You know, you're, you're in America. You said Big Dipper was a bear, but isn't there like Ursa or something? I think they're the same. Okay. I don't know. You know, you know, we could, we could research this, but uh, (laughs) speculation is more entertaining. Yeah. It's much more fun. Okay. (laughs) I think about, I think a lot about how the first straight line was drawn because humans cannot naturally draw a straight line, right? It's impossible. Not perfectly straight, no. Right. And so how do you measure a straight line if it doesn't, straight lines don't exist in nature, 
And how do you draw a straight line if you have nothing to measure it against? And I think you can like tie a string around to, I don't know, sticks okay. and, and stretch the string taut right. and then trace the shadow of the string. But even then, it's not you know, straight. You're still using your hand. Right. And so how was the first straight line? Like the first drawn? real actual straight line drawn? Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, computers do it, right? I do that every day in Adobe Illustrator, Vector. It's done. It's right, drawn by right. math, so it's very straight. But the first one. Right. And then like beyond the first straight line is, well, you know, I suppose you could like nail a string to a piece of wood or something, nail it, and then trace that. Because, like, you just have to run a pen along this, like, taut string. Okay. Instead of trying to trace a shadow. But you that's impractical, right? What, 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 what are you drawing the straight line for? Mm. Well, you'd have, to draw, you, you'd have to draw it against something, no matter what. A ruler or something solid. Right, and then so 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 then you have a straight line, but then you want to use a straight line to do something with. What are you right? using it for? And then you got to transfer that straight line. But I suppose you could just like do some kind of paint thing where you 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 do some painting and you press. You transfer <laughs> you it onto the, yeah. Yeah, you transfer it. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. But well, I digress. Oh, what were you gonna say? Well, what was it used for? You needed this straight line, but what was it for? If it's construction, construction that probably, makes sense. probably, right? Right. You want to build a house? Right. That's the practical, the most practical first use. But I don't think there were buildings right. straight houses back then. No. But you'd need, that, you'd need the ability to do that to make something work right if you're constructing it. So, yeah, the straight line leads to the first ruler. How was the first ruler made? What, how would... You'd have to know. How do you, you make a ruler if you if you if you can't draw a straight line? Is 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 it like a, is it like the chicken? The is egg? a chicken like, and egg thing? How, it, it depends how on how you that. How do we know that any of our rulers are actually straight? Well, that's what I was just gonna say. You'd have to know what straight is to be able to make something straight edged, to so be able I, to use to transfer your straight lines to things. So I was thinking, like, they had paper. You could feasibly make a paper cutter, like a really uh, primitive one. But paper cutter, it, you know, you, you cut the paper and then you trace the edge of the paper. But paper cutters are unreliable. If you've ever tried to like cut a like a stack of paper, it cuts at like a diagonal, and so like it's not flush. Well, with like a hand one, they do have big machines that cut very straight. But not in, not in like I don't know the 1300s. Well, I know, but you're talking about they got paper, they got they got devices to cut them with. Like I think you might even be rounding up too far. But what would they? I don't know. Okay. So now, so now I'm wondering like when was the first quote unquote flush straight book made? Right. Right. Just didn't have just jagged. You assume like the jagged, first jagged edges. books were like just. Whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it was like a, a notebook after it's been in the rain. Yeah, just like ragged paper. When was the last time you wrote a check? Mm, probably essentially to have Roto-Rooter come over to my house. I write <laughs> that guy a check. 
Oh, it's, he doesn't take. It's the easiest way to pay him. Hmm. And when you write a check on the uh, the line where you have to write out the amount, okay. Do you end it with like a line? You know how like when you write checks, you go like well, you like one hundred dollars, and then if there's extra space, you just like cross draw it. a line. Yes, I do. Or do you do one hundred only? No, I do. I draw just a big, just a big line, just straight through. Straight through. Right. You just eat up the rest of that space. I don't understand people who write only because I, then it reads like $100 only dollars or 100 only dollars because the dollars is still at the end of the line. Right. It's printed on the check. Yeah. That's what you're saying. But I mean, how secure is just like scrolling a line? I wonder if you could like add more to it. This is some kind of way, if you have, like, an expert calligrapher, you can, like, distort... Distort the, the only the, into more to more money. The period line. Let's call it a period line, right? You can... <laughs> extended period. There probably is a way to add to it. Checks to yeah, me if you just, write if you write your check in pencil. Right. Wow. You shouldn't... Yeah. Shouldn't be doing that either. I'd love to eliminate checks in general because I've never even seen anybody write the word only, actually, now that you tell me about it. I mean, I take checks at work, and I've never—I don't think I've ever no seen no onlys. That. No, I don't think so. I see only. Um, well, I saw only um, frequently. It, it, was it uh, from an mom, older person? Like maybe because my mom writes only. I don't think my mom writes only. I think my mom's a line. Right. I only feel like I, I've ever seen. There's a straight maybe, line. Maybe. Oh, jeez. Maybe I'm. <laughs> maybe I'm an only. Line art. Are you familiar with the cool S? This, the like the Stussy S. That so okay, good. You you call it the Stussy S too, right? Right. But according to Wikipedia, well, Wikipedia files it under cool S, also known as Stussy S, Super S, Superman S, Pointy S, Graffiti S. Do you know it? By, I think this, you know it by Stussy S too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're the same age, right? This right. is when like No Fear and. Massimo and Stussy were popular. Well, you wonder if it's a regional thing, though, too. So you think it's like some people call it soda, some people call it pop? Well, I'm a pop guy. But yeah, okay. I mean, everybody, I bet if I asked anybody I know, they'd say Stussy S, too. So. But everyone knows this S, right? Oh, yeah. Relaxing to draw it. Because you're th- you think you're doing something cool. Well, it's so simple. It's just a very easy thing to do. To doodle. I'm looking at um, the Wikipedia entry for Cool S, and um, the origin of the Cool S is unclear. Skip to the end. Uh, Swedish YouTuber David Wongsted uh, studied the topic for five years and attempted to find the origin of the Universal S. But he concluded that the 1890 book, Mechanical Graphics, could most likely be the origin. So it was in like a, a like a design book? Um, the, that book, Mechanical Graphics, written by Professor Frederick Newton Wilson, who taught geometry oh, okay. at Princeton, where he could have shown students how to draw the S. Huh, interesting. 1890... <laughs> The students are like, check out what I came up with. 
Well, it seems like it'd be far, pretty hard to find the true origin beyond maybe just a really early. Yeah, like um, this Wikipedia entry is like during the Middle Ages, a strikingly close symbol became a killer motif. Hmm. Okay. But everybody knew it. Like it. I don't know how I learned how to do it. Obviously, I just saw somebody else draw it. There's a question. <laughs> Who was the first person to draw a straight, cool S or Stussy S? I'm, I can't. How did they? How did they draw it? Right. That's one example of uh, line art. But um, we normally think of line art as comics, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about comic strips and how um, people who draw comic strips can still make a living. (laughs) (laughs) No one, like, when was the last time you picked up a newspaper? Yeah, it's been a while. And that's newspapers are newspapers are have been hurting. And you, you figure like comics are one of the first things to go, right? It's the only medium you would find some of those things published. Right. And so like it's really what, it. what what happens when your only outlet disappears? And like old people, do they all do they still like check the comics every day? I haven't I, I haven't uh encountered a Sunday newspaper, not not the New York Times, but like a local if they still exist, like a local newspaper in a while. Yeah. Is like the Sunday comic section just like one page? <laughs> Is it even in color? Like uh, I feel like the last time I saw our local pay page, it it definitely wasn't in color. I don't think it has been for a long time. And like, how do they? How how do newspaper editors decide which ones to slash? Like, oh no, we can't cut Garfield. Yeah, um, how how are you going to have the uh, the numbers on those? Right, to, it's to, like <laughs> to know. People love baby blues, you know. (laughs) What are the analytics like on uh, newspaper comic strips? You just don't have those. You don't have that data. But you figure like comic strip artists are all probably in their 60s, 70s. And some of them are suspiciously well off, too. Right. Like, well, maybe they um, a lot of them licensed uh, were licensed into like animated series like Dilbert. Yeah. So maybe there's residuals from that. He's fairly, he, that guy's got way too much money somehow still. Right. Right. Continually. So there must be some mechanics to the, the publishing and or money train for that at some point that we don't understand because yeah. Like, um, does anyone, Still want like does any young person still want to be a, a a comic strip creator? For a while, like web comics were a thing, right? You know, Akewood, Penny Arcade, Arcade, yeah. But I don't think anybody reads those anymore. XKCD, yeah. Like I unsubscribed to those RSS feeds long ago. It's a, it's so a, it's a world that is even dying online in that regard. I would think. And so, like, if you're into drawing comics, well, comic strips to differentiate from, like, comic books. Right. If you're into drawing comic strips, do you just become a TikToker? Because that seems to have replaced comic strips in our culture. I've seen, so, like, on TikTok, there definitely is a very art-centric 
world there. I don't know if you've seen that. I get a lot of that. I don't. I've never. What? Yeah, what are it, you talking about? It like it'll show people drawing stuff or okay or like making little art or whatever painting. But there's a lot of people who just like straight up just draw stuff like either on an iPad or paper or but whatever. Is that profit? I suppose it could be profitable, right? Perhaps, but yeah. There might be, there might up on, truly be a market there somehow because it does exist. I don't know if it's monetized for any of these people, but it's interesting. <laughs> if, it, if it blows up on Twitter, you can uh, uh, market vibrators and like um, well, in the replies. illuminating lights on, under your under your masterpiece. Right. That my SoundCloud's here kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Lines of cocaine. I always wonder when actors have to. Snort cocaine. Yeah. Like, are they actually? What What are they snorting? If they actually snort stuff, and like, how does it feel <laughs> afterward? I feel like I've seen what it is. I don't think it's... Uh, at least with like cigarettes. If you're if you're not, you can smoke like whatever herbs or whatever. Yeah, right? you can, they make like a mix. You know. Yeah. 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 No, there like, is like a fake whatever it is for cocaine, and I think it's just like, it's it's like it's like a nothing powder like. I think it can just go in you if you do snort a little bit. But I think they also have, they run a line to the little, to whatever oh, you're... So, so it's like a little vacuum. Right, and it's a little vacuum too. Think about cocaine uh, paraphernalia, like credit cards, dollar bills, mm-hmm. straws, all of which are being phased out, right? Tiny McDonald's stir sticks from the 80s. Yeah. No, no more credit cards, no more cash, or getting rid of straws. <laughs> Um, you can use a key. So, yeah, soon you just got to do it raw, just with your nose, <laughs> you know. Think about like uh, modern furniture. You got a lot less glass top stuff, you know. <laughs> Scandinavian design doesn't have glass top stuff, so you just be doing it on IKEA furniture, right? right? Those aren't the ideal surfaces. I mean, I, I'm assuming. I'm playing this game on. PlayStation, it was available for free. It's called The Witness. It's basically a game where you're on an you're on an you're on an island, and there's a bunch of puzzles. And these puzzles are all you have to. They're like grids, like six by six grids. Sometimes they're eight by eight. Sometimes they're smaller. And you have to draw a line from like a, a home to an exit through the, around the grid. And sometimes the puzzles are easy. Like I have to draw a line from here to here, but I have to separate like black dots from the white dots. Oh, okay. And then they get increasingly more complex. Like sometimes it'll be like the line I draw has to be like, has to create a, a Tetris shape. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, but then like you get to a point in the game where it's like, okay, I got to separate the black dots from the white dots. I got to create these Tetris shapes. And then like one of these rules is false. There's like 10 rules. And you're just like, Sitting there, just staring at the screen, <laughs> and mean, there's nothing else to do in this game but draw lines, yeah. right? And then, in the final area, the creator of this game is just like, "All right, I'm just going to give you obstructed views of these grids. Like the grid will be on the screen diagonally, but it's like half of it is coming in from one corner, and the other half is from the other oh, corner. Yeah, yeah. Or like this, the the grid will be flickering on a screen, or it'll be obstructed views." Or it'll be like you can't look at it head on. It'll be like angled, Ugh. 
like in such a way where you can't really see it. You have, you have to like draw it out on a piece of paper. That seems very mean. And yeah, and so I wonder like how did anyone ever beat this game without a guide? It just uh, maybe 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 they can draw a, a straight line by hand. Those are the types of guys. The people who design that can just do that. Yeah, sounds terrible. And then beyond that, after you've beaten the game, there are um, additional challenges where you have to like explore the island and line up areas that reveal a line that you can draw. And so, yeah, how do you do it without a guide? Did you get to algebra in school? Yes. Where you had to like graph equations Mm -hmm. and, you know, you would buy the fancy graph paper instead of the binder, instead of binder paper. And you'd like turn a, you know, an algebraic equation with letters into some kind of like curve or some kind of line arrow i'll tell you what i faintly remember this because i definitely did it but yes when we talk about when am i ever going to use this Mm -hmm. that's like the poster child that's the definition of yeah like all that wasted graph paper (laughs) graphing calculator it's it's, i mean do programmers even use it like if you're into stem and you're into math and science are are you using it there there's certain what percentage of people on earth need to use this every day probably some basic algebra for sure that you f- would find relatively convenient but like charting and graphing stuff like that out i don't know anybody who's using it and i'm sorry if i do know you and you hear this and you're like i use that cuz i don't know who you are do you um also remember in school um when you had teachers telling you to double space between lines uh, on an essay. It feels like it was brief because I don't remember that lasting very long. Okay, because I double, double spacing between lines was always confusing to me because it seemed like for most people it meant putting two spaces between sentences, which which I think is like ghastly like why are you putting two spaces between a sentence well from a visual standpoint it makes no sense i don't understand the justification is it so the justification is it's easier to read but easier to read means double spacing between lines right so the so there's like one sentence and there's a huge space and then the the next line the next line the next line the next line not 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 the end of a sentence regardless of where it ends then two then a space it was it was never clear from the phrasing of Double space between lines because it could mean two things. I think if they wanted sentences, they would say they should. They should, yeah, they should say double space between sentences because that's what a lot of people did instead of double space between lines. I remember using Courier <laughs> on essays because it's a wider font, right. and so you could like meet the page quota right. easier. They they got smart to that in later years, though. I remember people getting in trouble for like whatever, but there's some hacky fonts out there that are like you can't tell. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to tell. That was like the end of my high school career, but they got kind of picky. But it was always nice to be assigned a book that was like 13, 14 sized font, <laughs> double spaced. You could chew through it, that stuff quick. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how 
the world is built on imaginary lines, right? State borders, uh, time zones. It's all just like arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> I think Idaho or Kentucky, half of the state or part of the state is in the Pacific time zone and part of the state is in the mountain time zone. And I could, I could research why they decided to do it like this, but divide it like this. But um, yeah. And then well, why doesn't it just cut down the border instead? And so they're just one time zone. That's what, that's what they do in China. China is one time zone and China is massive, which is crazy to me <laughs> because like if you're on the, West coast of China, they don't have coast, but the west side of China, you're in the same time zone as if you're on if you're on the the other side of of, of China. They're unique in the spread, though, too. So you think there's been have at least like two or three, though, to kind of gradually work across the continent. There, there's been talk of eliminating time zones in america oh god we can't even have a, an honest discussion about getting rid of fucking daylight savings time so you think we're gonna have a, a real chance of like getting rid of time zones time zones make sense i think you think so i think so there there are some goofy there are some goofy ones in the united states i mean for example mountain time zone where i'm at is a little strange it has some it has some good advantages and then there's some fucking weird stuff but for the most part it seems to work okay yeah, time zones like state borders. I was reading that. Um, uh, I was reading about the Oklahoma Panhandle. You know that part of Oklahoma that's part, just yeah. like yeah, like when the United States annexed Texas in 1845. Uh, Texas was even larger than it is today, stretching all the way north into Wyoming, okay. <laughs> modern Wyoming, but. Um, the Missouri Compromise of 1820 had forbidden slavery north of the 36th parallel. So Texas got its top chopped off. <laughs> so like this is how we this is how we devised our states by these uh, these by parallels. racism and parallels. Okay. It's like okay, so this is the 36th parallel. That's it. We're just going to draw a line here and then that's your state. Right. And a touch of racism. We've just like mapped out the world based on these imaginary lines. You know, there are a few states that are like squared out. Montana isn't. There's like a little, there's like a little fingery thing down on one side. What's over there? I've never been over there before. What the what the fuck's that? Why can't it just be cut straight there? There's it's mostly straight before that. Again, research. <laughs> Similarly to comic strips, when was the last time you? encountered a laser pointer i had a bunch of them in high school because that was like did you actually was, did you ever like use them to like do what, what they were intended oh absolutely not <laughs> we pretty much would use them to like terror terrorize people from a distance is what what we ended up using them so you you just like um laser into the eye no not like or that. you're writing like stuff no, but we would we would like get out on somebody's deck and just shoot the laser into other people's houses like really far away. So or at school, we would you you just you just point at people and like, you know, you just like draw on their like you know, and in general them. region and you'd be like, "Uh, you know, or whatever." You just like you just like point at girls' boobs with it and stuff. Like that's it 
I'm not saying it was creative, but it was entertaining then. Was it effective? Oh, yeah. On the marks? Because people would be like, you know, you'd look down and you'd just see somebody just scribbling around with a laser. It's it's just a light, right? Right. It, it was how, int- how easily you can irritate someone with a, right. with a dot. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to sit there and watch it happen and then figure out where it's coming from. When you so like when you were um, shining lasers into people's houses, mm-hmm. it, it you, were you going for like a, a sniper thing, where they see the red dot and they're like, <laughs> I remember we'd always we'd always try and hit somebody's like blinds mm. because you could tell like a house light was on and you'd know they were probably in that room like watching TV because you know how you could kind of see the the, t- the TV flickering or whatever. And then it's just like, all right, how long does it take for them to open this up? And we'd be quite a few, like a block or two away hitting these <laughs> houses. And you'd just be like, all right, we'll see how long it takes them to notice. But you're just like wiggling the light around there. Then you'd stop for a little bit and you'd do it again and see if you'd catch your attention. I wonder why um, someone hasn't invented a laser that's like black. Well, they do. Or like that you can only see in certain. Like, if you're a sniper, why do you want a laser that's red that the mark can see? Right? Don't you want something that's a little that can blend in a little bit? That's uh, think, less noticeable. I think technically, like gun sights in that regard, like I think they're green lasers for the most part, but there are purple and blue, and they're like super powerful. And I don't think you necessarily see the beams on some of those unless it's like smoky or foggy out mm. so you just see the dot you, you never see you never see colors beside red well red's like the weakest one on the spectrum that you like a normal human would buy like the green ones will fuck you up and the blue ones and the like like like, like in like, uh like in films right it's, it's always red mm, i think it's some like zero dark 30 like army army movies mm. i think they're green because hey, that looks pretty cool on screen a bunch of green lasers like it's like those um have you seen those christmas light displays it's not they don't they don't put up the string lights it's just like projection let's just like yeah let's just project a bunch of lasers on the side of our house right. and it kind of looks cool but it's kind of like okay whatever well, you're, the, you're really lazy i think the first time i ever saw that i was like oh well that's that's an all right application of that and then you know you you can buy them at costco for 15 bucks then then it's like it's not, and then everyone, it's not so cool yeah. yeah 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 everyone's just like the uh iconic film laser scene is Catherine zeta jones oh sure crawling her way through uh lasers in entrapment yep i believe and i wonder if you want to protect something why even leave holes in your lasers like why doesn't someone just it's just create not, a laser plane right just a like you a, a blade a wall yeah, yeah you, you can't even just get through it <laughs> are lasers like that were they ever or are they a real application or does it just look cool for a movie that, i mean because i'm not a security guy obviously security things use sensors of all different kinds you know like on a window or whatever but like are but, lasers actually used like really or does it just look cool as hell so so you, th- you think it's like a um a smoke screen right 
it looks good on screen, but like is an ineffectual. But also, you're so right. In, in reality, in reality, they just they just have the floor. Like, uh, the, the floor is a big sensor, and if anyone steps on it, they know. And you just turn the wall flat and just call it a day. But you're right. Why would you leave so many so many gaps in between? What's was that? Um, oh no, I was. I thought uh, the Mission Impossible, the the scene where Tom Cruise hangs from the ceiling was also a, a laser scene, but. That's just a sensitive floor. Right. I think that was just sensors around that would de- detect his. Good thing he caught that sweat. I still don't understand the mechanics on how he did that, though. Because his hand comes from way in front of his face, but he was like, only like, he didn't have that much room to move his hand. Makes no sense. Laugh lines. All I have to say is that I am terrified of getting them. Because when I think of laugh lines, I think of Droopy the dog. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I think uh, you, you're probably safe from getting too wrinkly. At least your persuasion. <laughs> I mean, you're white, and you and uh, I think you've aged pretty well. Uh, I'm all right. I got some. I got some eye stuff going on, but I don't mind it. I don't really care. Jawlines. Around the time we're recording this. Uh, Zach Efron was trending because of a new jawline. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, on Twitter, um, I, I think he did some video and people screen capped it. And so you have old Zach Efron and new Zach Efron. Okay. And people were defending his uh, new jawline because uh, apparently he broke his jaw oh really and had to have it reconstructed but i just want to say that if you (laughs) get a new jawline make sure you have the neck to support it so it doesn't look like a double chin right if you want a jawline get one like daniel day kim right you don't just make sure you you have the neck to uh support a, a new jawline well, it's important because you, you also have to have, I mean, if you have a really wide face, you can need a wide neck. You can't have like a little pencil head with a giant, like a defined jaw. Then you look pretty crazy. I, I honestly just looked this up and his jaw does look crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on here. Poor guy. What do you, how do you break his jaw? I didn't hear about that. That's crazy. Doesn't he have that show on Netflix where like, you know, he goes, uh, he, you know, he, does extreme travel okay i mean i guess maybe dang well i hope he's okay but it's it's drastically different according to this picture holy crap right like he should have also fixed his neck right it it, it, it doesn't look right well maybe he didn't have any choice in the matter either though if he like really messed his face up then don't then don't get that jawline well maybe we'll hear more about it maybe it's like carrie underwood and her her facial scars and then you saw her and you're just like, she look, what, what are you talking about? She looks fine. Like, I don't get it. So who knows? Hairlines. So you know how um, human bodies are the way they are to adapt to environment because they adapted to environmental conditions. So like people in Africa are darker pigmented to deal with the sun and Asians have the slanty eyes to deal with wind in like mongolia okay what is the 
genetic reasoning behind a receding hairline. Like, we decided, ah, that's enough. It's time for the hair to go. I know what it is. Oh? It's to humble some motherfuckers, I think. (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, this is around the time of your life where, you know, you have the biggest ego, so... The body's just going to pull back. Right. It's just going to be, you're going to lose it. You're going to get humbled. Maybe everything else is going just fine and you need to be humbled in some way. Do you think this is why like it afflicts NBA players (laughs) a lot? (laughs) That's actually You're too successful. You're too good, LeBron. Mm -mm. Right. (laughs) The, The most noticeable thing we can do to you is just pull that hairline back a little bit. Like, yeah, it's it's like, what is the purpose of uh, a hairline receding? It's kind of mean because it means you still have hair, but you know you didn't just they didn't just pull the trigger and say, "Well, you got none now." You know. And I wonder, like, if you can catch early signs of a, of a receding hairline. Um, what if you just grew your hair out long and just kept it long for 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 the rest of your life? Instead of shaving your head. Right. But you'd still have... Would that look weird? You'd still be thinning. I don't think that's a good hack. I don't think it would work. I always tell the girl who cuts my hair just to keep checking, just to make sure it's not creeping back. And I'm not sure she's telling me if it is or not, because I feel like it is, but I don't know. I mean, luckily, I'm... Knock on wood, I'm okay right now, but... I already have a giant-ass forehead to begin with, but... It's just that seems to be the norm for me, so I don't know. You know how in tennis uh, you can challenge a call and um, they go to that um, video replay that shows if the ball was in or out, Mm -hmm. in or out. And it's like some magical technology where they use a bunch of cameras to like place the ball to place the ball. Why don't we have that in football, American football? We're always like when when they're trying to like um, gain one yard and then they run the ball and then everyone piles on and it's up to like some ref to sort of like pick out where the ball is. Meanwhile, you know, the ball could have moved in that pile right a, a bunch of times before the before the ref spots it. They have the the magic line, you know, to show you where they need to go. Right, but, they, but like, but I'm, they have no way to accurately discern. Like, it has to be on purpose at this point, because we know they have the technology to do this via tennis, for example. Or, or, or it's like, did the ball break the plane? Right. It's like, how do you Why not don't you just put sensors it? on the ends of the ball and then, like... Right. You should, be able to put, you should be able to chip that thing and know exactly where it's at. I mean, they put a, they put a goddamn tracker... Like, in sports a, technology is amazing. Like, when... In an NHL when, puck... Yeah. You got your stupid line. It didn't last long, but you can stick it. You can stick a tracker. Does the NHL do that? Where like, can it can it sense if the the puck has crossed the line just a little bit? They don't do that. It's still all relied on cameras and reps. like you know how like in baseball they want to do a uh, they don't want to have a home plate umpire. They just want to like use cameras to to see if a ball was a a ball or a strike. Well, but you get a chart. Like you can watch the chart on ESPN where the balls are at. So obviously Right, so why don't they just use it. that? Cuz we can see where the ball is in relation to the lines, Yeah, right? it's bonkers to me that there even needs to be anybody there making that call at all. That box should get point some cameras, find out where the best angle to stick them. I'm sure you got plenty of room and 
have them just tracking that thing even more accurate than whatever they use now. I feel like the technology is there. Like when you watch golf and, you know, someone's someone like swings. I don't know what's golf terminology. Someone like a club. They someone like tees off, tees off immediately. They can chart the arc of right. the ball. Right. And meanwhile, we can't even like detect if, if a football has gone a yard. I'm pretty sure they do this on purpose because who knows? They probably it's have more to dramatic. Have- they want to keep people employed. It keep you know, being an umpire or being a ref is a job, right? We could easily just like get rid of them and just use sensors. <laughs> Automation's coming for referees' job. I, it has to be politics. It just has to be sports politics because they, they they'll do it in tennis. Do it yeah, elsewhere. Like they've been doing it in tennis forever. Like I can't remember a time where you know challenges weren't weren't done where you do, you see the ball, the animation of the ball come in and like. Is it touching the line? Is it outside of the line? Well, not only it's that, instant. They, they have pretty high-speed cameras pointed down the lines, too, of actual footage. In addition to however they recreate where the ball hit, apply this to other sports. Cruise lines. Have you ever gone on a cruise? <laughs> no. I am not a fan of water, and I also don't want to get norovirus on a, from a... I, I don't know how... From a cruise line. Cruises stay in business. Well, like, not like you know how like what was that uh, postal service motto like, rain or heat can't stop us. With cruises, it's like every single virus, you know, we're we're gonna survive them because people will still want to go on cruises somehow. There's like people, there's a brand of people out there that are cruise people, and they just yeah you, like Disneyland people, but for cruises, right? There's like cruise ass people, and I don't understand them. We're not on the same level at all. I feel like people who go on cruises don't really like to travel. Like they're they're not they're not interested in sort of seeking out experiences or 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 seeing new things. Well, they're not they're not in it for the culture of the few ports they might stop in. Or right, because like a cruise is the ship is the trip, right? You're you're going to just do whatever is on the ship. And the ship will stop at a place and you'll spend a few hours in an island and then you get back on the ship. Right. So uh, anecdotally, I do know some cruise people, a few. Okay. And the vibe I've always gotten from them is they're like, they're bar people. So to mm. me, a cruise ship is like a bar on the sea. Okay. And, and, and there's bars on land and it's just somewhere you can go that's, Maybe got a friendly environment. It has all the things you need. Maybe they have food too, or at a like a land bar. They have a lot of food, right? But I mean, like a, you know, it's just like taking. You just want to. You just want to drink in a different surround, right? They just want to take that, and they just want to go. Well, why don't we just put it over here, and then you just pay a lot of money to do that. That's the vibe I've always gotten from a cruise people. It's like I'm going to go to Hawaii, but I'm going to spend most of the time on the plane, right? right? I, I'm not really interested in going to Hawaii. I'm interested in drinking on the plane. Right. Well, and then you get there and you spend a day, and then you you you're, you know you don't spend a week in Hawaii at the bare minimum like you probably should. You just you're there and back. It, it, it's like it's also kind of perverse that you have to fly somewhere to then get on a boat to go somewhere. Right. You could easily just fly to the Bahamas instead of flying to. Florida and then getting on a boat. Well, right, because there's only so many people that live near conveniently by 
a carnival cruise port. So, okay, maybe that could be your excuse why you're into cruises because it's like, I get tickets cheap. We just drive, we just drive down a couple miles down the road and we do the thing, then we come back. Okay, maybe that's a good excuse. But yeah, to fly to that place, then to get on a boat, and that makes no sense to me. I wonder um, if you have to sign a waiver saying that, like, you know, if you shit your brains out on this trip, that's your fault. I think at this point they might have some some sickness waivers involved pre the most recent deal but that's all i ever remember hearing about is just like everybody got norovirus or something crazy on the ship and it's just like i do not feel comfortable being in a big giant metal tube with people like that imagine cleaning out the septic tank they don't just wash that stuff out to sea do they just a big poop tube that's what dave matthews do that just <laughs> yeah dumped it off the bridge yeah. Classic. Also in films, living next to a train, a rail line, not glamorous. How do people do that? I can hear the trains when they go through here, and I don't live yeah, here. Like, I don't even live that close to them. I imagine the rent is like, there's no discount in rent. <laughs> no, I have friends that live directly next to a train line, and I, I imagine it is annoying. Thing is, though, is when you're in town... There's rules. They can't just be like, it's not like they're just tooting that horn while they're going through through the city. There's a speed limit, but you still hear them. I mean, I can hear them and I'm nowhere near them. So they have to be annoying. The starting line. Remember the band? <laughs> yeah, it's one of my sister's favorite bands. I can't believe that Kennedy is 36. I remember seeing them and he was underage. <laughs> Is that it? it? He's only 36? You think he's older? I would have thought he was older. Yeah, he was very young. Like, he was... But I, I thought he just seemed young. Oh, uh, no, no. He was young. Yeah, he's younger than me. He's younger... Yeah. Jeez. All right. What is the longest you've ever waited in line for something? The only thing I can really think of that I, like, remember was a really long wait. It probably isn't the longest I've ever waited in a line, but... It's just a good story, at least, because it's so stupid. Was waiting in line to get with with friends, mind you, who persuaded to get Papa Roach's uh, autograph at a Warp tour. We stood in that line for so goddamn long. It was such a fucking waste. Hours. Of time. It it. I think we were in that line for at least an hour forty five. Oh my god! It felt like it. But the, but Papa Roach was hot back at the time, right? Yeah, I mean, you could, this was like right when like Last Resort came out. Like it was. The, the, I think the only reason I stood stood in the line and stayed there is because we could still see stages, and I basically was just watching bands from a slight further distance than I would have been otherwise. As an aside, like, uh, what do you prefer sightline wise? The general mission flat. Uh, like you're just staring straight at the stage or the amphitheater where you're looking down. I feel like with amphitheaters, the band is tiny. Right. But with the general mission flat, like if you're short, you're screwed. Right. I'm, or if someone's holding up an iPad record, right. <laughs> recording. 
I'm at least of the height that it's not too bad ever on the floor. I like the floor. I like I like a floor setup because uh, being too far away kind of sucks sometimes. So the longest I've ever waited in line, I documented it on a number of years ago, was for the midnight opening day screening of Star Wars Episode Two, <laughs> uh, Attack of the Clones. At the Chinese theater in Hollywood. Long story short, I it was 16 hours. I arrived Holy at 8 a.m. All I had back then was a copy. I had to read um, Virginia Woolf's Mrs. Dalloway, my least favorite author. I was struggling, and I'm overhearing the dude next to me talking about how he discovered the flaming lips. Okay, whatever. And... A few hours pass, and then Elijah Wood shows up, and apparently Elijah Wood knows the guy who discovered the Flaming Lips, and Elijah Wood sits down, like, literally right next to me, and is waiting in line to see episode two. And who knew that Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood would grow up to be such chain smokers? (laughs) Uh, Fortunately, Elijah Wood would literally just kept smoking for hours and hours and hours. Um, and he fortunately, stayed, they were he like st- clove cigarettes, so they didn't smell too bad. And he stayed the whole time? Yeah. Oh. Um, he stayed right up until they let people in, and then he just cut to the front. But he wanted to stand in line. Oh, and so a few hours go by with Elijah Wood there. Everyone's coming up to him because this is like peak Lord of the Rings, right? And Frodo is just in line for Star Wars. And <laughs> like what well, the sun sets and... Uh, Sean Astin shows up. So Frodo and Sam are both like right next to me in line for Star Wars. So that's that. And then the next year, the following year, I was back in Hollywood for opening day midnight screening of The Matrix Reloaded. And before that, they were showing The Animatrix. Okay. And so I'm the first one in line for The Animatrix. And there's like a like a layman line and then there's a vip line and who shows up in the vip line next to me but elijah Wood. Okay. did like, he, did he like a year you? later yeah and I'm, I'm like hey do you remember me i was the dude sitting next to you like last year <laughs> but then like fast forward to episode three and it's reserve seating and so people still camp out but like for what they try to make it about charity like some kind of fundraiser, right. but yeah, no one, no one waits in line for to see a movie anymore. I, yeah, I've never, I don't think I've waited a decent amount for a movie before, but I actually do remember the longest I waited in line. Oh, I got paid to stand in line for Garth Brooks tickets. So you did that. You t- you've accepted money to wait in line for someone, right? It's what like a ton of people did. It was crazy. Yeah, they just gave me a whole roll of cash and told me to buy as many seats in the same <laughs> row or the row in front and behind. How did they find you? Oh, I, I mean, it's people I knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was friends of mine. They're just like, you want to make money? And they're like, if you want to buy a ticket for yourself and join us, you are you can take it out of the pot too and we'll still pay you. And I didn't even care. But I think I waited for, might have been like five hours. So it wasn't too bad, but it was it was sixteen trumps or five. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I did also was... I did also wait in line and then spend the night at the v- the venue 
to buy tickets for Christina Aguilera too. You camped out for Camp, camped out, yeah. But so I, that had to be longer than the Garth Brooks one, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we met there after school, and I actually just went there to go like bring food to my friends who were waiting in line, and they're like, "You we should ended just up getting, like, you should just uh, wait with us." And I'm like, well, "I don't even have anything." And they're like, it's "This is fine. before smartphones, right?" Uh, I think I probably had like a Nokia two fifty two then, but uh, yeah. And so yeah, I just called my mom and I was like, oh, "I guess I'm just gonna like spend." Was the that night. sixteen hours more? Uh, no, it, it went pretty quick in the morning time, so it probably wasn't quite 16. There's a restaurant in Washington, D.C. called Rose's Luxury. It was a, it, I think it may be still be, but it, it's, it's a hot restaurant. And um, when it opened, it didn't accept reservations. People would like pay other people to wait in line to eat at this restaurant. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I digress. No one waits in line to see a, a movie anymore and no one waits no one waits in line to uh buy concert tickets <laughs> do you remember like lines for like album releases or you think here oh. probably it just really wasn't much of a thing oh. for whatever I, I remember um like at least for concert tickets you would have to line up like on saturday or sunday morning outside tower records and someone would come out before tickets went on sale to hand out number bracelets. Right. And then it was like a lottery where they just randomly pick a number to start selling tickets at. And so it didn't matter if you showed up early because their bracelet could screw you out of tickets. Right. It was just a random draw after that. Yeah. And now people just like bang their head in virtual waiting rooms. Right. Or you live in a small market and you just hope somebody decent comes and you get tickets pretty easy. Scalpers were as successful back then when you had to wait in line. Sure, they had a system worked out, though. I mean, if you could pay some jabroni like me to go wait in line for tickets, I'm sure you could probably pay some other jabroni to just be like, well, I'm going to pay. But with the the bracelet, the bracelet was designed to stop scalpers. Well, but if you paid... You mean oh, so you're, you're, you're just you, like buying? You're buying. You're every buying other person slots. In line, I'm going to buy you off. Yeah, you're <laughs> buying slots, and you're just going to be like, well, one of these is going to hit. So, can you, you imagine waiting for an album release now? It'd be shocking. I was always somebody who went and got albums day of the physical one if I hadn't, you know, already downloaded it. But when I was buying, and I don't think I ever had any problems. Like picking anything up. I don't think there was ever a wait for anything that I was ever into. So, yeah, um, people don't people uh, people don't like waiting in lines anymore. <laughs> Although COVID nineteen really revived lines, uh, line waiting, <laughs> revived lines. Uh, the, you know, the early days where you had to wait to enter a supermarket, or here I would go to Target. And there'd be like a line of 30 people outside waiting to go into Target because Target was being slick or vaccine line. Like I waited eight hours you waited, for a surplus vaccine. You waited eight hours. Yeah. We showed up at like four, like we found, cause I didn't want, I didn't want to wait until I was eligible. So we found a hospital that uh, was reported to even, have a surplus. I don't even want to tell you how long I waited. For like five minutes, not even. I was sitting in the chair in four minutes. Yeah, they, they're giving away vaccines in Montana. <laughs> they actually just mm. shrunk the venue because there's so little reception at this point. 
Welcome to hell is actually really what it is, though. There's a reason for it. Yeah. Things um, people will still wait in line for sneakers, although like it's kind of a two prong thing, right? Because I always all, all I see is people being disappointed at the sneakers app, but you can still wait outside a Foot Locker. You can physically wait in a line, or you or you can wait in a queue virtually. So, and most of the um, time you lose. Yeah. Well, waiting in queue is different because you can just sit. You can you know you can sit, be in your underwear. It's convenient. Um, um, food. Be it like a, a soup kitchen or um, Cronuts or a Vegas buffet, right? So here's here's what I got for food. Uh-huh. Ha- have you ever waited so much somewhere that y- you will just never return to that place? Like mm. for food? No. Like, like a, just a terrible, just like the, the flows. Here's where I'm getting at. Okay. Blaze Pizza. Uh-huh. I have been close to just lighting a match and burning one down, the one we have here. It is so awful that I will never go to one again. Because every time it is something new and it doesn't matter. Like I've, I've given them so many chances because I was like, oh, there's only two people here. This should go nice and smooth. And it's more fucked up than it was the time I had to wait like fucking an hour and a half for my shit. So they, just, I, I've just been burned by them so much by waiting. You know, you can order your pizzas in advance, right? And they still fuck them up. It's insane. Yeah, there's, like there's um, still always a line of people waiting for the ones that were online. Like I don't know what it is. I've never been to another one, but just looking at how it operates, I'm assuming they're all pretty close to that because it's mind-boggling how the they have them arranged and how they work. Holy the craziest shit. food lines I know of are. For In and Out in Southern California, or when In and Out opens in a state oh, yeah. that's not California, like you drive around Los Angeles and you pass any In and Out, and there's just like a line of cars, and they just like go around the block and they're just blocking traffic, and it's it's gnarly. Well, and no matter when a new food establishment here opens, that's it for like two weeks, and then it usually chills out. I never go that early. So, yeah, people will wait in line for sneakers, for food, or crappy door busters on Black Friday. (laughs) Sometimes to vote. uh, And uh, theme park rides. Although, FastPass, right? You know about FastPass. Yeah, I'm not much much of a rides guy, theme parks um, in general. But um, I am aware that you... You can just jump the line. But you have to come back at a certain time. I'd like to know, like the um the math behind it but i you know <laughs> i you know you, you need to know the algorithm yeah they're probably like graphing it out on the x-axis and the y-axis oh like, this is there the, you go see there's where the algebra yeah, comes in yeah. it comes in handy if fast pass is so good why don't you build the whole line out of fast pass right why even have lines at theme parks anymore everything should be reservations or like algorithmically generated times, right? Oh, um, last but not least, to board an airplane. Sure. The um, most chaotic form of waiting in line. Southwest used to be, used to divide um, people into groups A, B, and C, depending on when you checked in. But um, it wasn't ordered. So if you showed up and you were in the A group, you would start camping out. So like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the where the A people line up and I'm gonna be the first one on the plane. Mm-hmm. And then Southwest switched to an, a numbered system. So you'd be like 
it's like A1 through 30 and then A30 through 60. So my boarding pass may say like A35. And then you're supposed to line up in order of the numbers on your boarding pass by group. But no one ever does this, right? So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be like A20. Oh, A21 to 25, they're supposed to stand there. A15 to 20 supposed to stand here. And I'll still approximate like where I'm supposed to stand. And then people will be like, I could be A20 and like A35 might be in front of me. Right. <laughs> Just because there's also no room at the gate to like line up single files so people are kind of staggered and yeah there's no there's no way to trust humans to figure that out reason and that's most evident when you don't fly southwest and it's like american or united and it's like um uh hey we're gonna start boarding and then everyone just crowds the entrance <laughs> right even if they're like in in the group seven here's uh, the thing though but where do you stand on that because i actually really don't even like getting in the plane right away because you just sit there. Everybody's got to fucking get on. So my theory about this is... I just <clears> chill out. My theory about this is it's either people don't want to check their bag or they don't want to pay to check their bag. Right. And so the whole desire to get on a plane is to get that overhead cabin space, over a bid space. See, I don't pack. I don't even bring a bag like that. So I, I can skip that shit. Not if you're going on a cruise. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, um, you have, like, old people just, like, they're in group seven and they're walking in when group, you know, the first class group is called. And they're just like, I'm sorry, you know, I can't read English. I thought it was my group, you know, right. trying to, like, game the system. We know what you're up to. I also feel like people have children just to get on planes earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the reason. <laughs> It's like, how long can you be young? Like, some people are trying to get on, you know, bored with the family section when their kids are like, you know, 12. And it's like, come on. You don't need extra time to buck, you know, yeah. you're not even buckling this kid. Those are some scams, um, line scams. Larry David famously coined the chat and cut on oh, Curb yeah. Your Enthusiasm. Have you ever <laughs> seen that happen? Oh, I've definitely seen that happen before. People will be on their phone and probably not even actually talking to anybody. Just kind of wiggle their way in. And you you think they're deliberately trying to cut. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I've seen it. The only other scam I've seen is, so I go to the Toronto Film Festival and we're, you know, we're seeing press and industry screenings for people who work in the film industry or, you know, film press. And you have to line up to... Uh, get into these screenings and you'll have like these like foreigners just sort of loiter outside the entrance to the theater and because there's so many people right when they start letting people in they just kind of try to blend into the crowd <laughs> it's like a silent version of the chat i'm not even gonna try to chat i'm just gonna try to like just know. become part of the mob of people yeah. and, and 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 these people like normally don't have any shame like you can stare them down like what are you doing but you don't want to cause a fuss and say like nope you got to get to the back of the line right. fair is fair but yeah <laughs> but have you cut before have you snuck in to something i no not to my knowledge i the you know, the last time the I, thing is I, I i'm always the person who's like first in line yeah so the last time i really remember doing anything like that was i went to go see a movie with a friend and her dad and they had already gotten tickets but they're like oh come meet us for lunch and then we'll go do this or whatever and i was like cool 
I'll tell you what the movie is here because it makes it extra stupid. But um, I get there and it's sold out because it was opening weekend. I don't think it was day, but opening weekend. And I was like, ah, crap. And they're just like, ah, just just try and sneak in. And I was like, you think that'll work? And they're like, it's pretty busy. They're just like, we'll just go in. You just act confident. Kind of like pretend you're holding a ticket. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. Dude, they 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 tore in, and there was there was a lot of chaos going on right when they're t- right where they're taking tickets, and I just walked right through, and to the sold out Indiana Jones four, and there was people who had to like sit on the stairs because there was obviously more people that had snuck in than just me because there was no <laughs> seats for people, but they had Sitting no on the stairs. Yeah, but I was just like way in the middle and. They were kind of like checking people's tickets, but there was no way they could get to me because I purposely did that. I made sure I was deep. I wish that, I, I would have preferred they kicked me out at, after watching it. So the worst is when you show up to a line and it's like five people in front of you. And then as time goes on, all their friends show up and then it becomes like <laughs> it becomes a 20 people group. in front of you. Right. Yeah. And then you think like. Did you do you all draw the, the the short straw to have to wait in here and everyone else shows up before like what what do these friends get out of uh, being the ones who have to wait in line? Well, or they just your friends just purposely show up late because they know that somebody else has got their spot. Phone lines, specifically landlines. Uh, I know that no one really uses landlines anymore, but. It makes such a difference when someone calls into a podcast or does a podcast from a landline as opposed to a, um, a, like a mobile phone. Oh, very, very much different. That's night and day. And how have we not, like, is, is 5G going to solve this? I actually don't think it will because I don't know if that actually ups the bandwidth and the bit rate on phone calls. Because even with HD calling phone to phone when it's enabled which at this point it should be for most people it still sounds like compressed shit so i'm not i'm not sure that'll fix it do you have a landline no i've i've almost ripped out all of the uh phone uh lines in the entire house what i what i liked about a landline is the phone it doesn't need electricity right you just plug it in the phone check and it, it would work um, like it worked after the 1989 earthquake, <laughs> you could call out because it didn't need power. Right, it, it was, was just connected in the phone. Jet. It was pretty infallible as a device. So, <laughs> mobile calling sounds terrible on podcasts, but it still sounds okay on the radio, like on talk radio. Yeah, you can get away with it a little bit there. Have you ever called into a radio station? No, never have. have you? I did. I did once. I tried to. Tried I tried to request a song. I wanted to. I wanted to hear. This is how old I am that I have to call into a radio station to hear a song. Uh, I wanted to hear "Stoned" by Smash Mouth, which was this the single that followed "All Star." <laughs> and so, so I'm calling. I'm calling in. And finally, the DJ picks up, and it's the actual DJ who's on the radio. And I'm like, hey, can you play Stone by Smash Mouth? And then he starts to, like, 
he wants he wants content for the radio, right? He's yeah. like making all these weed jokes, like, oh, you really want to you want to hear Stone, like you high right now, blah 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 blah. And and he never ended up playing the song. He like he ended the call saying, "All right, I'll, uh, the song's coming up." And then he, he didn't, just didn't he, play it. Yeah, yeah. I was I was not entertaining enough for him to to indulge me with with the song. I I don't I don't think I've ever even heard that one. But like um, I I I am amazed at people who will like wait on hold, like sports radio callers. Well, just like listen to the entire radio show on their phone just so they could talk for a few minutes. Right. And I then no patience for that. We'll, we'll talk about patience, like waiting in line. And like, I suppose, you know, waiting on a phone line is the same thing, right? That's akin to it. I mean, at least, I mean, at least you could be entertained by what's still going on because it is a show. So it's still actively happening. But you have to have, a, like, you have to have like, your phone on the whole time. Right. right? Did you see that uh, video of the my pillow guy being pranked by Trump? Yeah, Trump, not Trump. The like, how did how does that still happen? I, you'd think. Well, here's the thing: is I don't think like, it often happens because you don't really see that a lot. It's just those people; they don't know how. No, no, they because don't like, to do anything. Nowadays, you can see who's calling you, right? Right, and. Do do phone screeners at radio stations not see this, or do like phone screeners, like can they can they somehow not verify? Well, the fact that you can still like Baba Booey things like this far into the game <laughs> seems very strange to me. Like, of, I don't know. It just seems it seems like it should be impossible to do. It should be you should be able to verify in a in a different manner to be like. Oh, I don't know. Can you send us something that will verify that you're the caller we expect? At least on that level, an ex-president. Yeah. Like, you have no other way to prove it. Do, do you answer unknown numbers? Uh, no. I allow my I allow my Google device to answer the phones for me, which is a pretty mm. handy feature. It's interesting how the two hosts of Loveline, Doctor Drew and Adam Carolla, ended up being like. Mad libertarians. Well, this is one of those things where if you just give someone enough runway, they eventually become like the evil bad guy. So I think they should reunite for like libertarian love line. Oh, God. Did you? So, I mean, were you a love line watcher back in the day? I I remember not not the, the show, not the not the show. I, I was a radio listener. The radio listener. I, I stumbled upon it one one night while I was doing homework. It was like a Sunday night, and Rod Stewart was a guest. Hmm. I'm like, what is this show? And I listened to it like through high school. Yeah, I was only familiar with it via the the TV show, the, the TV show version. And they somehow made that work. It, yeah, it seemed entertaining at the time. Zip lines, primitive roller coasters, right? Just sure. <laughs> sliding from one height down to another. A to B, yeah. But I, I don't want to talk about zip lines. I want to talk about rickety bridges. Same material, right? Okay. And you you see like um, it's just like a rope and a rope, <laughs> like four ropes, and then some like little pieces of plywood, and you're and you're like trying to walk across, and the thing is like gonna tip over like a canoe 
Um, I feel like these types of bridges you're describing, mm-hmm. which I don't think I've ever really run across, <laughs> seem to be something like you you when you were little you, you run, so it, you don't run think rickety more. bridges exist. They 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 must in real life. They must, but I can't imagine you're going to run across a lot of those in like the United States. You think there's a so lot of just the solution, you know, to rickety bridges, zip lines. Why am I why am I trying to walk across this like bridge that might like you know, well, topple but, over? But you need you need to be going from the high point to the low point. How do you go from that low point to the high point? That's, well, in that case, like you could do like the reverse zip line where you like you're pulling yourself up, right? So oh, you're like suspended okay. from the rope instead of like just like cruising. You gotta like you gotta put in some muscle. Yeah, you gotta put in some muscle. I don't know. In that case, I might just take the rickety bridge. It sounds like a lot of work either way. Fishing lines. Fishing lines. How have we not come up with a better way to fish? Are you talking like commercial fishing or like for fun? Well, commercial fishing is like, I'm going to throw a net in the water. And then, yeah, why don't fishermen do that? Go to a lake and just throw a net in there. I don't think that's as fun as casting a rod. Some people do enjoy that. uh, Casting a rod is fun, but like... People like to, you know, the the romanticization of fishing is that it's calm. You just wait for the fish to bite. It's like time with the guys. But I don't know. <laughs> you, it's a lot of work. You got to like put the bait on and then you got to fight the fish. And the fish may get away. It, it's supposed to be relaxing. There so, are a so lot of things that just don't seem to be very relaxing. People who like to fish don't want the fish. They just want to like sit in a boat and drink beer. Because if you do catch a watch, fish, right? it's like a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a whole to do. No, you throw a net in the water and you pull it up and see what you get. Well, that's if you're using, but I'm saying like if you fish with a hook and you got dirty yeah, yeah, bait yeah. and you're doing a thing and you're out there trying to figure out where they're at and then you finally catch the fish. So you get it in. A lot of times, though, they don't keep the fish. They throw the, you know, they they punctured the fish's like cheek, and then they just throw it back in the water. Right. So and then they drink another beer. So I think I think you just you would have to be built the way someone who enjoys fishing is to understand. So I'm anti fishing lines, pro fishing nets. nets. Just you're a net yeah. guy. Just nets. What about like grenades and dynamite? Like you don't need that. But people in a do, lake. People have done that. In a stream? Well, not in like a stream. That's that's for commercial fishing purposes. Like if you, we're talking about leisure fishing, right? You'd still want to use a net. I still want to use a net because I want the fish. I don't want to just sit in a boat all day. <laughs> you, so, see, you know, it would be perfect to wait in line for you, fishermen. People <laughs> would like to fish, right? Because they could just stand there all day doing nothing. Just give them a few beers. Okay. Yeah. Those are the guys to pay. Assembly lines. I watch a lot of how it's made videos, and I'm always fascinated when it's like completely automated up until a point where like humans have to like pick out like the bad people, right? Or they have to like um, check if the fruit roll up is like good to go. Right. They, and, there's like one thing they haven't automated in the whole line. Right. And they won't be they will, well. Do you think they'll ever be able to replace the humans there? Imagine being, imagine working that job where, like, we don't need you for anything else. All we need you to look is if the peeps came out okay, if they don't look ugly. But you think there'd be a way to automate that somehow? It always seems like it's a really goofy thing that, like, the human has to do. 
And it's, like, like, and it's like, well, of all the things you have automated, that's the thing you can't figure out? I suppose you could do it with, like, cameras. Just like, oh, does this look good? Does this look good? But then you need someone to, like, you got to, like, wire the machine to physically, like, pick out the ones that Well, haven't good, you seen, right? like, haven't you seen those machines where, like, the apples run through and it has the little fingers and it, like, kicks the apples, like, the bad apples out? Like, they use as a camera. That, like So you think for some of these simple ones, they would have, they clearly have technology. Is it again like, just to keep somebody like, employed? Yeah, sometimes it's like meat where like the human has to do like some kind of cut and then just passes it along to the rest uh, rest of the assembly. Right. Well, that makes sense though because every kind of piece of meat is different. You know, that's like a skilled yeah, so, control so thing, it, and it like, might it costs too much to teach a robot to do that. So you, you don't just, think so? I think like I think that's what we've been doing. On, I think that's what Google's been doing for the past 10 years. Like, right. but, but, which but, chicken, you know, is this drumette the right size? If it's not, it's got to go, right? Right. Well, it's just, it, I don't know. It's always humorous because it's always like something really stupid and that human should be able to be replaced. Is it a, is it a monetary thing? Like it just costs too much to replace that one part of the system? Product lines. When you think of... Well, when I think of product lines, I think of Japanese Kit Kat, mm. where you have like 200 different flavors and, you know, they, they, just, they just keep pumping out different flavors. Meanwhile, in America, we have like three different Kit Kats. Yeah, there's not a very wide variety. It's like <laughs> giant Kit Kat, <laughs> it's tiny a, Kit Kat, It's a size thing. It's the same Kit yeah. Kat, it's just the size And difference. then maybe they'll throw in a mint one or a pumpkin spice one. I think I, I can't help but laugh when I walk through a cereal aisle at a market because they struggle so mightily with like product lines. They just run out of ideas. Like cereal companies just like now, now it's like, let's try selling big versions of our cereal. They've tried like frosted mini wheats. Now let's try like giant checks or giant fruit loops because, uh, it's so many, there's only so many variations of cereal that we can add marshmallows to. Or make it chocolate. <laughs> or, uh... yeah, well, yeah, again, size changes is the most creative creative thing they can do. Are there, do the Japanese eat cereal? I have to plead ignorance here because I guess I don't really ever see any Japanese cereals. Because mm. if they get super creative, then again, this might just prove that us yeah. Americans are just super lazy and it's just size I found changes. That, like, because it, it, it's sort of like plateaued. So I, I'm just read some. Cereals out to you. Fruit Loops with marshmallows. Apple Jacks with marshmallows. Uh, Fruit Loops Frosted Flakes mashup. It's a two-in-one. Frosted Flakes with cinnamon basketballs. So this is like, it's the Taco, Be- Taco Bellization of... It's not, of no, because they're not even using the same ingredient. Well, that's suppose, what, yeah. They're hybrid, dumping marshmallows, yeah, yeah. Right, you take the cinnamon from a thing that already existed in many cereals, yeah. and then you stick it on one that didn't have cinnamon before, or you turn it chocolate, and it didn't have a chocolate version. Add marshmallows. Like, Cinnamon basketball, Galactic Lucky Charms. The marshmallows are just like spacey. Right. Fruity Lucky Charms, Chocolate Lucky Charms, Lucky Charms with honey clovers. Like, Canada had chocolatey tricks, which is just like chocolate and vanilla balls. Really, cereal innovation is super stagnant. Except for Cheerios. I feel like Cheerios is like the perfect product because it's, it. Cheerios at base don't taste like anything, right? Right. So you add it's, anything to it and it's an improvement. Right. Because like Fruit Loops are stuck because like they originally taste like fruit. Or like Cocoa Pebbles. You can't really do much with Cocoa Pebbles, but like 
Well, you have to work around it if you want yeah, to, yeah, or yeah. change the flavor profile entirely to something. Yeah, I'm else. on. I'm on like Cheerios page. It's like 20 different Cheerios. Right. Very berry Cheerio, chocolate strawberry Cheerios, chocolate peanut butter Cheerios, banana nut Cheerios, peach Cheerios, toasted coconut Cheerios. Yeah, Cheerios, the uh, Japanese Kit Kat of American cereal. You'd think at this point we'd have more innovation. Well, I, I feel like innovation and well, in... don't, do, but don't you feel like when we were when we were younger, like it felt like there was actually new types of cereal I think coming out. Going back to because like now I see like branded cereals. It'd be like Minecraft cereal, or it's like they're just basically turning their existing cereals and they're, just attaching like uh, they're ta- they're taking the IP and attaching it to yeah, the cereal. Yeah, it's their IP cereals like we used to have. I like vividly remember like Rice Krispie treat cereal coming out. I was like, okay, yes, yeah, it's, it's like Rice Krispies. That, that's another branding. They also moved into candy cereals like. Sour Patch Kids cereals or right. Peeps cereal. Right. I just saw today, like, um, who makes Cosmic Brownies? Debbie something. Mm, I, oh, Little Debbie? Little Debbie's Cosmic Brownie cereal. I saw that today. Well, it's just hybrid, hybriding other things, treats together. But that still doesn't seem, that doesn't seem innovative. Can, can no one just come up with an original cereal and you're like oh i never thought about that and it sounds good doesn't sound disgusting and it's enough to branch off on its own doesn't exist are you into i know you're into yo-yos are you into um dominoes like domino displays oh like setting them up and lining up dominoes and then toppling no i'm way too impatient for that I, i i i'll i'll watch a video of them getting knocked over there's this girl who does this Asian girl who does domino displays on YouTube and she's somehow parlayed that into a documentary about her and a TV series in which she makes domino displays. But like you look at this and you, you know, you watch her videos and how much patience and you can't like, they're not like glued down, right? How do you work around this room? I've, I've never really figured it out. I have watched a few where somebody will like, accidentally knock it over because they're always really good at making sure they're just filming the whole time just in case too but yeah domino displays yeah combine the sort of geometrical line at lining up aspect at, in addition to the patience of waiting and oh yeah there <laughs> waiting you go. Line. yeah talk about somebody else you could pay to sit in the line for you yeah not as readily available as a fisherman i don't think they're not as they're not as many of them out there but Domino right. fanatics. Which uh, film do you quote the most? Oh, that's a good question. I really should have thought about that one beforehand. Uh, Lines of dialogue. Right. I don't know. Probably something from. Oh man, TV or movies is tough. Like Anchorman shit. I don't know. I Basketball. Think is... Fuck. I mean, just terrible movies. Magnolia. <laughs> Magnolia? That's you? Yeah. I th- I quote it so much. Like, uh, uh, respect the cop. Oh, okay. Tame the vagina. That's how he says it. Like, <laughs> or like, um, you, you, could, you have to be nicer to me, dad. Or um, you, you shoehorn that into everyday conversation, huh? This is the scene where Julianne Moore is in the pharmacy and she goes like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. I mean, there... I, I, 
admittedly there are really good things in there so okay i just can never i can't manage those in everyday conversation so i'm impressed i'm silently judging you (laughs) actors are perceived to be stupid right which is so it's all the more impressive that they can remember all this dialogue um particularly like television actors where the turnaround is so short you don't get a lot of time to memorize anything maybe they're just like it's the, that that's that's what they can do like their their skill is to be able to remember you know their memories are good but their brains are not mm-hmm. you think that's their like ultimate skill is just to be able to see that type of thing remember it translate it across could you do it Rem- no absolutely not i probably could have a lot longer ago, but my 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 brain is mush now. There's just no there's no way. Yeah, you think about all these old actors. The, well, the thing is, like, we don't see all the deleted footage, <laughs> right? You hear things like Johnny Depp getting like fed, right? Fed line, lines through yeah, the, the through, earpiece, through an earpiece yeah. or whatever, and like I, you you wonder like if you get to a certain level, is that like how it becomes? You're just like, yeah, no, no, I'm not gonna remember. I'm just gonna. We'll work through this on set here. And I did some theater in, in high school and you would spend like three months like preparing for one show, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like soap opera actors have one day to memorize everything and to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's impressive. I mean, the work's not necessarily the greatest, but they are m- learning lines. They have to, and they got to learn their lines and you have to learn the, person in the scenes lines because you need to know when to respond to them and then you have like um judd apatow films where he, he's just like you're just making up lines right and you just do take after take of just bullshit so, off the top of your head that's even harder than like reciting someone's line you think yeah i can i think i probably could have made it in mumblecore movies maybe i could i could have maybe worked my way through some of that that would I have think been one job. of the um, tragedies of uh, collateral damage of streaming is uh, the death of blooper reels. You can't find blooper reels for what we do in the shadows, for all sorts of shows. Like you'd think they'd just turn that into a bonus episode. Like Netflix, will, Netflix will put up blooper reels for their shows, but like a lot of shows, a lot of studios don't don't bother. Or like it's just hard to get, right? Because because no one's buying DVDs, and uh, you have to buy a DVD and rip it and then put it on YouTube. <laughs> right. There's a want for that. Like, well, you just you brought up what we do in the shadows. You know, those are probably worth seeing. Right, and and they don't exist. Right, they don't exist. We don't have those. And now, per a 2016 article by ScreenCraft, the 35 most overused lines of dialogue in screenplays. We've got company. Don't die on me. They're behind me, aren't they? Classic. Um, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Do you hear that a lot? Probably less so in more recent movies. You just don't get it, do you? You look like shit. Blank is my middle name. Okay. If you touch one hair on his, her head. Right. Yeah. There's a storm coming. Yeah, you better run. Is that all you've got? It's slash she's gonna blow. If I'm not back in X minutes, I, I don't know if these are like over you. Get out of there or get out. 
I could tell you, but it, I'd have to kill you. It's not what it looks like. Okay. We're not so different, you and I. Mm. Sit down and shut up. There's a super cut of people saying sit down and shut up. Okay. Uh, don't do anything stupid. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Try me. I was born ready. Cover me, I'm going in. Cover me, I'm going in is... Soldiers have to say that, right? That's not like overused. This is what people say. Well, it's a practical sentence yeah. because you're... You're conveying something pretty specific there that you would need to convey. How hard can it be? Did I just say that out loud? I have a bad feeling about this. I feel like people write, I have a bad feeling about this just to reference Star Wars. Because they like, they like Star Wars. It's just a callback. Yeah. Big time. Let's get out of here. Okay, here's what we do. And cut to a different scene. Awkward. In English, please. Shut up and kiss me. I'm getting too old for this shit. Like, that do people like say that outside of Lethal Weapon? <laughs> Unless it's to reference Lethal Weapon. Yeah, maybe it's like, I have a bad feeling about this. Right. That's what I'm talking about. It's quiet, too quiet. You're acting like a crazy person. All right, that's the end of the line. You can uh, catch me elsewhere at adamruff.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Zombieologist. And we'll see you in the next one. If you cross this line, you better be ready to kill me.